Radio Pulpit, 657 AM, your daily companion. Love is the reason my family unspoken, bringing us to 43 after 4, that is your time. And uh, joining us uh, right now, uh, at this time, my family is uh, Zukim Kakanya. Zukim Kakanya joins us from the South African Human Rights Commission. And uh, we are looking at that report and some of the findings as well as recommendations made by the human, uh, re- um, human rights. Why do I keep saying human resources? Human Rights Council um, and our Commission, rather. Uh, Zuki, good afternoon and thank you so much for having given us your time. Good afternoon and afternoon to your listeners and Thank you for having us. Yes. No, thank you uh, for joining us this afternoon after uh, amazing work that you have, uh, that the uh, uh, South African Human Rights Commission continues to do uh, in looking out for the rights of all South Africans and, of course, for equality and a democratic dispensation that is going to appeal and uh, to, to place all South Africans uh, in, a, in a, or rather to look out for the welfare of all South Africans. So we really appreciate the fact that you've given us your time this afternoon. Welcome uh, to Radio Paul Pertzuki. Let's let's get straight into this report that um, was beautifully done, beautifully summarized um, on your platforms. What exactly was the scope of this investigation? And uh, if you could maybe give us an idea of what the triggers were, what triggered uh, the investigation in the first place? Um, thank you. So um, just to give an idea, um, as you said, the Commission deals with human rights, so we look into protecting and ensuring that human rights are respected. Mm. And so we have various forms of doing all of this, and one of them is through the protection mandate. So when we get a complaint, and this is what happened here, we received numerous complaints from learners, from parents, from the public, and even when we go and monitor in schools, mm. also from media reports, that there seem to be systematic issues. And these issues affect learners, but now it's not always clear whether they affect human rights. Mm. And so we decided, let's do an inquiry. Let's ask various stakeholders. Let's ask affected persons, um, departments, NGOs, um higher education to give us input Mm. on whether when there are different types of hairstyles or different types of um, uniforms that are worn and when this is not allowed Mm. as well, whether this affects the rights of them, the learners. And then this is what we did and we we got some findings Mm. that we find some human rights that are affected. Sure. Um, Zuki, before yeah. we get into the findings, uh, the sample um, of your research, was that yeah. uh, concentrated in the Eastern Cape or did that look at the broader uh, South African landscape? Because we're the Eastern Cape Provincial Office, mm. we looked at the Eastern Cape when we get complaints from the Eastern Cape, but we are also very aware that this is a national challenge. Right. Um, because we also engage with other provincial managers who, you know, advised and other provinces who advised that this is, and cases do show that other provinces also find such challenges. I mean, for example, the Western Cape has even provided 
um, amended policies to accommodate learners mm. in their form of appearances. So this is national, and we have recommendations that bind the national government as well. Right. So your findings, uh, look, the report is uh, quite extensive, and uh, family, if you'd like to have a look at that report, it is available on the South African Human mm-hmm. uh, Rights Commission website. Uh, please do read it. I think it's such an incredible report to keep us aware so that when these changes are legislated, we have a bit of background as, as to where those are coming from. Now, these findings uh, from your inquiry allude to infringement of various human... Or uh, the likely infringement i need to i need to i need to mind my 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 addiction <laughs> the likely infringement of various human rights including the right to dignity equality freedom of expression freedom of belief religion and opinion so I'll tell you the one that I'm really interested in, uh, Zogi, this afternoon. If we could maybe zoom mm-hmm. into uh, the freedom, the likely infringement of the freedom of belief, religion, and opinion. What did that look like? Um, what, what fed into that finding? Um, so noting that we have different religions in the yes. country. Yes. Um, and there have been cases as well um, that have come um, up and gone to court. Mm. We will find that there are learners, for example, from the Muslim community yes. who would like to wear their hijab. Ah. But schools will say, you cannot wear your hijab. Um, and you'll find maybe um, learners who would like to wear their cultural um, dress code mm. and they'll be advised that they cannot do so. And so this is what we're talking about then when we're speaking of religion and belief because this is something a particular learner believes in and that's the opinion that they have. Right. I quite like the title of the report. I I read it and I thought, "Mm, very clever because when you actually read, you know, uh, the scope of your research and your inquiry and the findings, you realize perhaps uniform is not the enemy here. Uh, Uniform is not necessarily the enemy because, you know, my question as I'm sitting here is what then happens? You know, what is the likely future of uniform? And we'll get to that. Perhaps uniform, Zogi, is not the enemy here more than it is, as you say, the, uh, you know, the overregulation of appearances. And I'm saying this referring to a case, and I'm not defending anything. I'm just simply stating a case that made it to the headlines where uh, a young boy uh, in a certain school had ispandra. And that was seen as a huge, huge, huge thing. And it was a huge conversation happening uh, to, 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 to help, you know, um, the system understand that these are cultural practices that people, you know, uh, practice and it's part of who they are. Um, and we can't really exclude um, those practices and realities uh, from our children's lives. Now, l- let me understand for just from where you're standing and, and having interacted with all stakeholders, what is the future of uniform looking like? And I speak as a, as a gen, what am I? Am I gen X? I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm definitely not a millennium. Okay. So like I have a thing for uniform. Um, So, the future, that's a very interesting conversation. I just wanted to first touch on, you know, what the competition, commission says and conversations around that. Um, Going towards having generic uniforms um, is a conversation. So, you know, you'd find um, boys and girls and, you know, any gender or sexual orientation wearing similar uniform. Mm. Um, 
So that could possibly be um, something that is put out there. But I think it's really moving towards a simpler form of uniform where um, learners can express themselves. And I know we touched, um, you know, on cost. We're finding mm. that mm. Um, female learners, have to buy more uniforms right. um, sometimes, and that's more of um, the cost because now they have the, the dresses and after school for physical activities, now mm. they have to buy pants. So now if we have generic uniform, then that's less. And for learners who are gender non-conforming, then that means that's less um you know, cost as well. Mm. So I think maybe possibly this is not, um, I think the conversation um, was around that where children and um, learners can, you know, express themselves better. Right. And it, did you touch um, by any chance on the effect and welfare um, of the child and how the regulation yes. of appearance affects their ability to perform at school at all? It was touched. Yes. Um, so the first thing, we had social science, you know, contributions as well mm. from professors. And a common conversation was, Learners, when they wear particular clothes or cultural or religious symbols, it doesn't make them study less or less disciplined. And that was like the one side of it. Mm. And then now, when you overregulate and a learner who prefer to have their afro hair now is forced to cut it, mm. that affects their human dignity. You start feeling uncomfortable as a learner and you feel ashamed or even anger and many others so that can impact mm. then the learners um well-being and we know that the child's interest must be really of paramount and if you're saying a learner cannot practice their religion or their culture then sometimes we find that learners are expelled or suspended Definitely barring access then to the right to education. But we did find that more than um, not affecting their studies, it definitely affects them as learners, their human dignity and other rights mm. and definitely how they feel. Right. So you've also then made a couple of recommendations uh, to the department, um, uh, specifically yeah. of basic education with regards to what needs to change and how those changes can be affected, affected rather. Uh, Zuki, do you think that as a country we are uh, uh, in a space where we are able to effect these changes at all? And I'm asking specifically because in as much as change may be good, right? Um, you know, the jury is still out in my head on this one. Uh, but in as much as change may be good, but change is also expensive. So if that change is in fact affected, uh, do you think as a country we are uh, in a position to maybe effectively welcome that change and effect it in a way that would be then fitting to some of the recommendations that you've made? I think, I personally think um, it definitely is the right time mm. because if we are moving towards uniform where we're looking at um, non-discrimination, we are moving towards what the Constitution says, mm. what the Constitution wants, a better life for everyone, equality and human dignity. And that's very important. 
And if you're looking then at how the competition um, commission is looking at it, and we, we also recommended that the department look at baseline um, assessments of how they can cap a uniform mm. so that you don't find a uniform in a particular place um, costing 4,000 rand mm. and in a particular place 200 rand. We are saying that would be better for the learners to um, feel more dignity, feel the dignity is, you know, really um, taken into account and definitely equality. So I believe as soon as, you know, we can move towards um, better implementation, better policies, mm. it will be better for everyone involved, the parents, looking at the socioeconomic um, situation we are in right now. Right. And I mean, for parents uh, listening right now, um, I did mention uh, that uh, we are certainly in touch with the Competition Commission and we're hoping to have that conversation with them in the coming week, focusing specifically on cost. Uh, There are parents listening right now, Zuki, um, you know, just having done this extensive study um, as uh, the Eastern Cape Provincial Office, what would your sort of a you know, word of departure be for parents who are sitting in the situation, perhaps even part of the group of those who have submitted their complaints to the commission, um, even those parents who are sitting and thinking, mm, not yet a big deal. You know, what is your word so that by the time we have um, uh, the department opening up for public commentary, at least we've had some kind of dialogue and triggered some kind of social consciousness around this matter? Yeah. My parting words would be read more, um, do a bit more research because it might not be a challenge for you and your child, mm. but it is possibly a challenge for a child in another socioeconomic um, setup. Mm. And, you know, we are saying that we're looking for the best interest of everyone. And if we can have schools, as we also recommending, you know, not forcing learners to have expensive clothes like blazers being forced when there is no need. Um, mm. If you're not affected right now, you know, have Please don't talk about blazers. <laughs> yes. Have conversations. And, you know, um, start understanding from a broader view because it's not just your little island. Mm. And to then try and come up with solutions as well. I know there are solutions that are put out there that if a learner cannot possibly afford that there could be um, something that SGB can do and other communities. But it is to say, um, do your research Mm. and understand that there are definitely driving forces behind this and they include the affected border um, South Africa when it comes to um, the socioeconomic situation and just the whole human rights that we need to have and uphold. That is fantastic. Uh, Zugi, well done to you and your team uh, for, for this report. Uh, look, it, it really does stretch. Um, I think a lot of our um, uh, traditional understanding of what school is supposed to look like. Um, and I suppose yes. it, it's definitely a conversation that must be had. And thank you for having given us your time this afternoon. Thank you. Look forward to more conversations.
It is uh, Zogim Kaganya, my family, joining us from the South African Human Rights Commission, uh, the report available on that website. I do encourage uh, parents especially to have a look at that report. Uh, this conversation uh, from where I'm sitting, it's, it's gaining momentum. It's been coming slowly and it's starting to gain a lot of momentum. Some of the immediate reforms that have been recommended by the uh, Human Rights Commission is number one, differentiating hair policies between male and female learners. So we're starting now to get into uh, the person of learners. Uh, Number two, gender stereotypical use of uniform policies. Uh, There's uh, all learners must be allowed to wear any item of clothing that forms part of the approved school uniform regardless of their sex or gender identity. So these conversations certainly start happening. And of course, prescribed underwear for female learners. Uh, The practice of prescribing uh, certain types of uh, undergarments for female learners must be eradicated. That is some of the recommendations made by the Human Rights uh, Commission to the Department of Basic Education. My family, that is the landscape of education in 2024. Believe it or not, uh, so if you went to school in my in my time, that whole rule of your skirt having to be uh, only four fingers above the knee, uh, is it short or long? So your, your your skirt could not be shorter than four fingers above the knee. That whole thing, it's starting to look like, you know, there's a bit of ground shaking there. Okay, it's exactly 7 o'clock. Much appreciation to the South African Human Rights Commission. We're crossing over to the news. We are here 24 hours a day with the message of hope, faith and love on 657 AM. Tune in to Radio Pulpit on 657 AM for reliable Christian talk radio at its best. Find your daily dose of Christ-centered motivation and encouragement on Radio Pulpit 657. Download our app now. Tune in to radiopulpit.co.za or find us on DSTV Audio 882 and OpenView 607. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion for more than 40 years, brings a relevant moral alternative to 400,000 listeners in a variety of South African languages. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and download our podcasts today. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.